like to welcome everybody to Tuesday night and the hot box. Yes, sir. He's Kevin McClinton. That's me. He's Darren McClinton. What's up, fellas? I'm Ken Marangolo, and let's just get right to our very special guest tonight. Let's do it. Yep, we got uh, a very special guest on the hot box. Uh, the D.C. area knows exactly who this is. Um, I had the pleasure of being able to play with this man um, throughout my college career, and uh, just an unbelievable player, un- unbelievable person. Um, just the talent he was and what he did for the University of Maryland in regards to you know, his playing ability, the, the fact that he stayed at the University of Maryland at a time when things were kind of rough and um, you know, he had a lot of options. He had a chance to go anywhere in the country he wanted to go, but he chose to stay home. And that yes, alone, did. yeah, that alone put Maryland on the map. And uh, from you know, everything that came after that, he, uh, he has a lot to do with that. So it's, it's, it's my pleasure and honor to introduce my former teammate and friend, the wizard, Walt Williams. What's going on, Wiz? Uh, what's happening, man? What's happening, fellas? <laughs> Man, I'm so excited, man, to be on the hot box tonight. <laughs> yeah. We're excited to have you on here, bro. We're excited to have you on here, man. So. Oh man. Hey Wiz, oh, I got man. some things to get off my chest tonight, man. You know, you, you know I keep I need I know I keep some stuff on my chest, man. I gotta let you be a part of it tonight. I'm glad to I have you in. It started at the beginning, right? I mean, so we could talk about NBA draft, uh, something you're very familiar with, Walt. We'll talk about uh, some some local stuff, because uh, at the end of the day, you know, everyone in this room is from this region, anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and um, we we love we love us some Maryland. Um, at the end of the day, right? Uh, but I, I so my my kind of intro to getting you guys going on some old school stuff. Um, we had uh, our preseason training camp practices for McNamara soccer at, at Crossland, and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, so I spent like a many, many a sweaty like August day just getting after it on the on the football field there uh, f- for two years. Not to mention my best friend uh, was the a lifeguard over at the Temple Hills. Pool right across the street. Yeah, and I, uh, we were there every single day, uh, every single night till twelve thirty, one o'clock, um, just being delinquent kids hanging out at, at a pool in Temple Hills. So uh, I feel like, I mean, you know, I feel like I feel like you're a part of something. I feel like I'm part of something. Yeah. You feel like you're part of something. That's hey, right, man. Hey, hey, let me tell you something about that field right there. So my my high school coach Earl Hawkins. Uh, he wanted me. He wanted me to play. Uh, he wanted me to run track outside of uh, playing basketball. In my, I believe it was my sophomore year. After my sophomore year, and so uh, I went out there one day, and we we laying in a parking lot on the ground, you know, stretching it out and getting ready. <laughs> and so we took off. We took off running around that field, that football field, and the the uh, loop was to go around the football field and the parking lot around the school building and as we were doing that uh, 
I heard my coach saying, hurry up, we almost threw with the warm-up. And I was like, <laughs> what, the warm-up? And so I ran right into, if you, if, we, if you notice where the school is, it's right on the opposite side of the field, on the uh, other side of the parking lot. So when I was running, running through the parking lot, I ran right into the school, right into the locker room. Exit like stage left. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for the activity bus, man. I said, man, that's too much that's running without chasing no basketball or something, man. That's hey, Walt, so, sophomore year, about how tall were you then? Were you, were you? I was about six, two, six, three, man. I, when, wow, I, okay. when I entered high school as a freshman, I was about six foot five, eleven, something like that. I grew about nine, ten inches. Wow. In, uh, in high school, man. Wow. Yeah, wow, my knees were killing me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember them knees, man. I remember the eyes good slaughter, wasn't it? You had that eyes good, man. We just see in those days, we just rub a little asper cream on yeah. it or something, yeah. and it's good to go. <laughs> I, I have Oscar slaughter in both knees, and somehow I feel like knees the size of Walt's, his yeah. problem was probably significantly worse I remember, than I remember, him, I remember him rubbing on them joints in the, in, the, in the dorms. I remember that. I remember that. But yeah, that that was kind of a, to grow, to grow late like yeah. that uh, is, is a kind of a blessing in disguise because you were able to keep those guard uh, skills. skills and yeah. those guard, you know, reactions and, and, and the way you read the game and the way you play make, you know, that, 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 probably comes from you being a shorter player you know coming up and then you you know you can do all those things again at six eight yeah. so absolutely and, uh, and you know um I, I did not i did not play basketball i did not play on an organized team uh until i got into high school so mm. uh, my my experience in basketball was just pure street ball in the back of benjamin started or you know um sandy mount or you know, Grace Brother, we would go all over the place uh, just playing some pickup games. And so, you all, we all know, whoever gets the ball, you you handling it. Yep. There's no plays, there's no postman yeah. or none of that stuff. Yeah. So it's whatever out there. And, uh, you know, because uh, uh, that's what I was used to doing up until I was a freshman in high school, you know, I was able to do uh, a lot of different things on the, on the basketball court. But hence the wizard. Right. <laughs> hence but I the think wizard. a lot of people, what a lot <laughs> of people know. don't know is that well, Walt was, you know, when he was in high school, he played a lot of, he played the center position. Yeah. You know, he played the center <laughs> position, and, you know, he he had those skills then. He could shoot the ball, he could handle the ball, and obviously he was a nightmare for anybody in high school, and then he just translated those those skills to the college level and became the wizard, you know, and just playing the point guard position as a freshman for Bob Wade and uh, being able to just, just carry on his career and do what he did at Maryland. Uh, with his ball handling skills, his shooting ability, his uh, his versatility, um, that's why he was. That's why he became the wizard. So uh, you know, and also in the, in, the, in the high school rankings, uh, you remember in those days, uh, Juice Man, uh, uh, the public schools had at least one or two D one players on yeah. just about every every high school team in the public school. You yeah. know, so that's unheard I, I of now. Yeah, yeah, you know, so I, I went against guys like, you know, Tyrone Powell, Dickie Simpkins, yep. um, you know, Mike Tate, Byron Tucker, you know, these guys, 
you know, I, I, I play inside and outside yeah. again. So um, by the time I got to the, the, the college level, I had seen um, so much great competition that, you know, it was it was relatively a, a seamless transition for me um, going into into the college ranking. So uh, I was lucky enough to just play against um, some very very good competition uh, throughout my high school career. So that that helped me a lot. You know, even facing you guys in the championship. Unfortunately, y'all got. I didn't want to say nothing about that. No, no, we was gonna say we was gonna say something about that. We gonna get to that. Talk about it right quick. Let's talk about it right quick, and then we can move on. So they had this old dude named Sean on their team. <laughs> before we before we knew about what reclassing was, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, but that team that team had a, a, a good combination of. Uh, I remember uh, Juice. They they had Juice, and then they had the, the light skin dude. I forgot his name. He shoot the ball from the outside. Mario. Uh, I mean, he was a silky yeah. shooter. Yeah. Um, and then y'all had the. Uh, um, Another light skinned kid that was the interior player was very Anthony athletic, Jennings, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he got a lot of rebounds. Then y'all had Sean. You <laughs> yeah. know, he was he was just real poised out there. Yeah. And, uh, to me, he was the he was that toughness in your team. He the he the one that to me uh, gave that gave you guys as a team uh, a lot of confidence out there against yeah. us because you know a lot of times. Especially at PG PG County School, playing against Montgomery County Schools, uh, we went into the game from from the beginning in the, in the layup line, believing that we can intimidate folks. Right. And so, uh, you know, you guys went for none of that, man. Yeah. Y'all came right at us, and it was a battle. And uh, you know, it was, it was a good game, man. One for the memory books, you yeah, know. And uh, you guys showed up that night, and and, and uh, what were y'all ranked? What were y'all ranked challenge. in the country that that time, Walt? Man, we was ranked, ranked probably. Man, that was our only low. We was we were twenty five, twenty six, and zero, yeah. and that was our only loss. Yeah, they were close to uh, top you know, five. I, I think, remember. I'm gonna remember. tell you. I'm gonna tell you yeah. a story on that. I'm gonna tell I was you a story in middle school. On that. I'm gonna tell you a story on that. <laughs> we played. I remember we played the first semifinal game against Meade, and we beat them by six. Meade had a good played, team too. Meade had Meade a very had a good team. team. Crossland played Gaithersburg. Now Gaithersburg was in our county. And we had just played them two weeks earlier and beat them by one at the buzzer. And so we saw – and Gaithersburg was an athletic team. They were just like Crossing, but Crossing was just better – they were just they were just well coached. Yeah, Tracy Turner Crossing and the boys. had – I mean, yeah. they had – yeah, yeah, Tracy Turner and Jai Sims and all those guys. And we sat up there and watched that, and Crossing beat them by 30. And we – after that game, after that game, the next day in school, we had kids in our school betting on how many points we were going to lose by. <laughs> Hey, I'm, come not on, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Hey, come on. Nobody man. gave come us on, a chance to be like crossing, man. Absolutely. Man. UNLV against Duke. That's exactly what it was. Everybody thought that we were going to lose that game because they had just seen us beat Gettysburg by one and crossing ran them off the court. They beat them 90 to 8. I don't know what the score was, but it was, it was ridiculous. Man. And, um, them, man. and they, yeah, they around. did. And so I remember Coach Barrett said to us, if we can just keep it close. Kid, just kid, because Crossing was running everybody out the gym, man. They yeah. were beating everybody. They said if we can just yeah. keep it close. Then let's see if we can try to put some pressure on them. We kept it close in the first, kept yeah. it close in the second, and then we started getting a little bit of confidence. And I mean, if we played Crossing ten times, they probably beat us nine. But <laughs> we beat the them out. We shot the ball well that game. We shot it well, and we were able yeah. to uh, we were able to sneak a win in. But um, but that was a great game, to, man. 
It was. It was a great it game. It was a great we game for us. Um, we used to press. We used to press teams pretty much all game yep. and uh, weigh them down towards the end. Um, we had some pretty good depth, but we was a, we was a team that could pass the ball really well. Um, as a matter of fact, I wasn't. I averaged uh, maybe like twenty two point four points a game, and then we had another player on our team, uh, Bernard, Hunt. Bernard Hunt. He was actually the leading scorer on our team. He averaged like twenty two and a half, twenty two point seven, or something like that. Wow. He would have many games where he would get forty because he was just unbelievable in transition. transition. And then we had Anthony Higginbotham yep. at the point who was a, a terrific. Uh, he had uh, terrific floor vision. So uh, we were a very up tempo team, man. We would score ninety like it was nothing in high school, you know, and so, uh, you know, yeah, I can tell you this, man, you, you guys play with a lot of poise, you play with a lot of heart, uh, and, uh, you, you know, um, yeah, every time we made a run, y'all came right back, and like you said, the game was close throughout, and uh, you guys were solid, we're just man, able pulled to get it out at the end. Yeah, man. we were able to, yeah. able to get that yeah. one, but that was... Uh, that was a that All was right, a good time. Subject, All right, let's go to something else, man. Let's go to something else. Hey, okay, so Wiz, we making that transition from from your high school years. Um, I'm, I know you were really highly highly touted coming out as a as a senior. Um, you, you chose University of Maryland. Where, tell me where where else you were thinking about going, or um, what your um, final four was, maybe. Well, I had a final three. Well, my final four was uh, Villanova, Temple, uh, North Carolina, and Maryland. Wow. Um, I don't know if I, I can't remember if I made a formal announcement, but in my head, those were the final four schools that I felt like, um, you know, I, I, I uh, really um, felt like I could, could attend and, and uh, would have a good time there. And so when I took my visit, um, John Cheney, he came to my home, and uh, man, mm -hmm. when he talked about uh, practices being at six in the morning, man, I didn't hear anything. I was like Charlie Brown, you know, <laughs> womp, womp, womp after that. So I didn't hear anything else after that. I knew that that's something that uh, I probably wouldn't be able to do on a consistent basis. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I had a good time visiting Villanova. Uh, Massimino was the coach then, and, uh, you know, he just had a real uh, family atmosphere there. So I had a good time visiting there as well. Um, in North Carolina, you know, Dean Smith, uh, man, I can't tell you, that's that's one of the more classy guys I've ever ever met in my life. You know, um, he was a, a gentleman that uh, allowed um, – I have a lot of family that's in uh, that lives in North Carolina, uh, Dunn, North Carolina, and Godwin, uh -huh. uh, in North Carolina, and uh, he allowed the, uh, a lot of my family members to come on my recruiting visit, and uh, you know to view the campus and you know experience my my time wow. there, and uh, you know every time that we played North Carolina, he would make sure that um, you know we that my family would have, uh, they would have an allotment of tickets so that my family would be able to come and sit behind the bench and watch the games. You know, as an opposing player, um, I never forgot that. You know, uh, it, it was really special to me because I felt like um, it was beyond basketball. Right. And um, and so uh, he was a guy I really felt like I could play for. But, you know, uh, Coach Wade came to my home, man, and, uh, he reminded me of my grandfather, the way he looked, his mannerisms, and, you know, the way he talked and stuff, right. man. And so, oh, man, he made me feel like it was, it, you know, I was a part of his family, like, real quick. And, um, you know, I just had this overwhelming sense, man. I just wanted to see, I, want, I just wanted to be Lynn Bias, man. Um, right. I was a Georgetown Hoyer fan. 
as a young kid growing up. And then uh, my father, like I said, uh, my father's from North Carolina. So this one time uh, he took me to a game um, to see uh, Carolina against Maryland. And uh, I saw Adrian Branch and uh, Lynn Bias, man. And I saw him pull up on this jumper. And I, there was just, it was just the prettiest thing yeah. I had ever yes, saw. And, uh, man, I, I, I couldn't wait to get home to see the highlight of just seeing this dude shoot a jumper. And uh, from that point on, I started to uh, watch Merlin games and watch for watch for Merlin highlights. So he changed me to a Terp fan. And when it was my opportunity um, uh, to have a, a chance to uh, to get go to college, I wanted to uh, follow his footsteps. I wanted to be just like him. When, uh -huh. we were, when we were going to basketball court in the neighborhood, we would shoot jumpers and we would yell out his name. We would pretend to be him and I wanted kids from my neighborhood in, in this area I wanted them to go on the basketball court and pretend like they was me yeah. you know and so uh, uh, that was probably the biggest reason uh, why I came to Maryland hey, Wiz you had a you had a incredible uh, impression on on this area uh, especially my generation and, and, and the guys younger than me man we we used to wear our socks up, and and like <laughs> like you said, you wanted to be Lynn Bias. And matter of fact, uh, was it yesterday? Was the anniversary of it, of yeah, Lynn's I think it was you know, the anniversary? Of Lynn death. had an yeah. incredible impact on this area, and you did as well, man. We, like I said, I've I've got friends of mine, close friends of mine, that you know still say that you were their favorite player coming up, and you were who they looked up to, and and. Man, the socks and the and the and the, and the swag, you the know, elbow the, pad. yeah, you know, yeah. It, it was it was uh, something that gave a lot of kids in this area, young ball players, you know, something to aspire to be or look like or yeah. emulate. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was, you know, it was it was real good times for this area in PG County, and it has been for you know before <laughs> you and after you. But you you know you had your definitely had your run, man. Well, I can speak. That, that's incredibly uh, humbling, man. I mean, you know. Uh, I, you know, high socks thing. That was that wasn't like a fad for me. That was, I would, I would, uh, you know, sometimes because you had skinny legs. Uh, what was it? Man? Yeah, man. You know, uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I watched this uh, Ice Man, George Gervin. I used to love me some George Gervin, and I was watching these highlights of him one day, and um, you know, um, he had the high socks on, and I just, I just did it one day in a scrimmage, in a squad scrimmage. And um, in my freshman year, and uh, man, I had a fantastic scrimmage, man. And and uh, at that time, you, even when I was in high school, you know, uh, old, the older guys like Keith Williams and mm -hmm. Mike White, those guys every now and again would throw the high socks on. So it was something that I was familiar with. And so I, it, once I had that, I had that good scrimmage. I kept the socks up, and I would I would go to a go go with sh shorts on and long <laughs> high socks on in the go go, man. So. It wasn't something that I just pulled out for to play basketball. I, I wore my socks high at all times. Okay, all right. Well, Wiz, let me let me let me ask you this, man. And you know, obviously, playing with you, uh, having the opportunity to play with you, um, the, the three years that uh, we were able to to be together, man. One of the questions that I know has been asked of you many a times, and when people kind of break down Maryland's history and kind of the train, the time that we had after Laney passed, and you know, that, that rough time that we had and the, the sanctions and all that. One of the things that a lot of people really um, admire about you is the fact that you were loyal to Maryland's program and you stayed, man. And you could have gone somewhere else. You could have taken your talents to 
another school, but you stayed in Maryland, man. Kind of give us a little idea as to why you did that. What went into your thinking when you were thinking about when you when you decided to stay in Maryland? Um, you know, uh, I, the thing I did was like like maybe the first few days I was I was thinking about it crazy. Like I knew that I could um, I knew that I could leave right away and play right away rather than a traditional of. Uh, if you transfer to a school, you got to sit out a year. Right. I knew that I could play right away and didn't have to sit out a year. So I did give it some serious consideration. But um, it was it was too worrisome for me, worrisome for me. Um, what I did was I just tried to let it come to me naturally. I didn't think about it too much. I just felt like if I woke up and I had a feeling that, you know, hey, uh, I, I wanted to uh, transfer or I at least wanted to explore it, then that's what, what, that's what I was going to do. But every day I woke up wanting to be a Terp. And I, that probably came from, you know, this year be my 47th annual family reunion, man, mm. down in North Carolina. So that's, that's what I know. I know family. I know, I know loyalty. Right. I know, I know mm -hmm. sticking behind each other through tough times. And so uh, this was very familiar for me. And it, it was uh, something that was a no-brainer. Like I said, I let it come to me naturally. And uh, in the end, I, I just felt like uh, every part of me wanted to uh, finish out w what I set out to do. And and uh, like I said, I, I, I came to Maryland. My biggest reason is that I wanted to have an impact on the area. Um, I wanted to uh, 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 have people in my community had, um, look up to me. Um, and um, I, I, w I didn't feel like I was finished doing what I needed to do. And so... Um, um, I, I felt like I had more work to do. Uh, Coach Wade came to my home. I mean, I'm sorry, Gary Williams came to my home, and uh, Coach Hahn yeah. and that coaching staff uh, really came and 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 and, and um, installed some confidences and and that uh, uh, they were uh, they believed in me and believed that I could uh, uh, carry the team and be a focal point of the team. Uh, I believed in them. And uh, so uh, I, I was willing to give it a shot. And uh, you, you know me, Juice, uh, off the court, man. I, I was a guy who wanted to be around the players a yeah. lot. I wanted to make sure everybody was okay. Y'all yeah. um, were like my brothers, man. And y'all yeah. and, uh, were really family for me. And um, I, I just, it, it, it wasn't just about basketball. Um, I, I loved you guys. I love you guys a lot, man. And, and it would have been more than just leaving a basketball team. It would have been leaving family. Right. And so uh, that was that would have been a very difficult thing for me to do, man. And so in, in the end, I think that all of those things involved uh, was the reason why I stayed. Well, hey, I'll tell, tell you this, man. It was... When you did stay, man, it's just what you did for the what you did for the school, man. I just remember the celebration of you staying, and you know, obviously, I had the opportunity because you were that was the year I had just come in, and you know, to play to be able to have the opportunity to be on the same court with you, um, it just did a lot for me, a lot for my confidence. Just knowing that at the end of the day, if I had to, just throw the ball to forty-two and get out the way, and just and just and just you know what I mean. It was just. That's what you did for our. That's what you did for the guys on the court with you, just giving them that confidence, knowing every single time we stepped on the court against a Duke or a Carolina or NC State or whatever, we had an opportunity to win because, you know, we had the Wizards. So, you know, it was hey, great I, for I, us, I, man. You know how it was. So, so for me, man, go, going into those games, um, well, I, I'll get to that in a second. Um, I, I remember Coach Coach Williams. Uh, I mean, Coach McCready, um, after we <laughs> lost to uh, 
uh, Coppin State. We lost to Coppin oh, State, and I remember, I remember coming that. to Coach McCready the next day in practice and telling him that I can be a better point guard than, than Tion. You know, move, let's move Tion to the two and let me run the point. And uh, he told me to go tell Gary myself, and and uh, I did. And uh, the next day in practice, Gary gave me that opportunity mm -hmm. uh, to be a point guard out there. And, uh, man, it was an awesome thing. Um, you guys know what that feeling is like. Yeah. Uh, when the point guard got the ball in his hand, you just control everything. And uh, it, it was great for me. And once I, I, I got switched to that position and had that that um, responsibility, it was something I relished and, and relished in and, and something I never took for granted. And, and I never wanted to give up because I felt like uh, with the ball in my hand all the time, I could control our fate. I could uh, make guys better. I can elevate people's games. And until I played with Shoot Juice, you were the person who made me feel like, okay, this guy can see the floor. He can elevate us just like I can. Right. And so I felt you made me you made me have a comfort level to be able to say, okay, he got the ball in his hand. Let me go. Let me go out on the wing and, and, and do what I do and put the ball in the hole. Uh, up until that point, I didn't feel that comfort level. I felt like I needed to have the ball in my hand to uh, elevate everyone around me as well as score the ball, man. So um, your talents, I could see it in practices. I can see it in pickup games. Uh, that you had that ability, man, and it gave me a comfort level, and I think that's why we uh, we flowed like we did. Um, you know, as far as me scoring, man, I know that uh, you know Gary Gary was huge in and um, and developing my confidence and taking it to another level. Of course, you know, playing at uh, playing at the level of uh, the University of Maryland, it takes some some definite confidences to get to that level. Huh? But uh, um, hey, Wiz, you know, Wiz, real quick, yeah. we talking about yeah. that scoring, putting that ball in the hole. You know you. <laughs> You know I love that too, and I, I we could talk about that all day. I do wanna, I wanna ask you about that ride that you went on, that uh, record-setting streak that you had of uh, 30, 30 points. Uh, and were they all ACC games? All of them yeah. were ACC. Yeah. Yes, and in yeah. in in the thick of the ACC season, what was the streak? Um, streak was seven straight was games. It or seven or eight, points. thirty plus points, and and. What what was it? What was it like? Nah, but what, hold up though. He had 19 straight games of 20 points. Right. See, right. people don't talk hey, listen, about that. Listen, people I was, don't talk about that. I was front they row. They talk about the 30. Me and Mom were front row. But he so. but he had 19 straight games. <laughs> that, that same play points. with the little hand, the little backwards right. handoff. Right. They still couldn't yeah. stop yeah. that. Man. I would come real hard. I would come real hard. I come real hard. <laughs> he come right around. I just I just I just give it to him. Hand that thing and back. I, I remember right that. Set a screen and he's shooting right over top of me. That's what we ran that play to a T. Hey, I always say to my sons, hey, you know what? You know how my uh, twenty-point um, game per game streak stopped, and they always say how, and I say because the season was over. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, and, and that's very true, man. That's very true. We've all had man, that in the zone seen, feeling. I have never seen anything. But that like was something that, incredible. That because was something incredible. Everybody man. knew he was getting the ball. Everybody Absolutely. knew he was getting the ball. Everybody, and there was nothing they could do about it, man. There was Absolutely. They could do about it. it was just one of them stretches that you don't see. Right. And it's never yeah. been seen since. It hasn't been seen since. Yeah, but this how many assists did you have? What was your assist oh, per game? Oh, that's all Come like, on. Right. That's why, he, that's that's why he's in the... <laughs> We're talking about one point. That's, that's, that's why he in the books. That's why I'm in the books. I'm in the books. Yeah. I think I had 175 assists that year. 174 of them went to walk. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I, got, I think I hit B-Nax one time on a break, but that was it, man. The secret <laughs> is pass to a good shooter. It, get... <laughs> so, 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 Wiz, we got we got the draft coming up in a couple in a couple of nights, man. And uh, after that incredible run you had, and 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 all the work you put in in College Park, man, uh, uh, take us back a little bit to that week leading up to the draft, you know, we were lottery pick and everything. You know, what kind of anxieties did you have or what kind of, you know, did you throw a big party? Did you know, did you, did you have a feeling for who was going to take you or where you were going to go? You know, and I, the draft was very thick back then. Yeah, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, you know, just like you guys are referring to, coming out of my in my senior year, I, I was uh, uh, just scoring a lot of points. You know, Gary Williams, he he did a great job in taking me to another level. Um, you like you guys are saying, uh, we come out there and do some uh, uh, do a three sixty handoff to, and for a three pointer. Exactly. You know, uh, when he first pulled that play out, we was losing to Duke by about twenty points, and but we needed some threes in a hurry, so he just drew that up in a in a huddle. And then in the next practices going into it, when we would go over our, our normal plays that we would run throughout the game, he added that play to it. And it was shocking to me that that was a normal play that he, he put into the offense yeah. rather mm-hmm. than something that was a specialty play. And that was something, you know, that just added. That that was just fuel to the fire. You know, it made me think about... Um, that was preparing was you to be a pro. The, yeah. yeah, I was very cerebral in the game. And so those type of things it made me feel like that Gary thought that I was the best player on the court. And so I wanted to live up to that, you know, and that that was uh, that had to do with a lot of uh, um, uh, the desire and the confidence that I played with and, the, you know, the swag and all of those things because I felt like my coach felt like I was the best player out here and I, and I wanted to prove him right. Yeah. And so now we going into the draft, you know, I, I had a confidence that, uh, you know, I was one of the better players there, but still you, you, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't want to be the guy who comes to the draft and then you're in the back room when the lottery is over. So that was something that I thought about the whole time. Um, I knew that the guys who I was in the room with, I could play with any of them. But you still, it was just the unknown there. You didn't know what yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I knew that I had a really good workout with the uh, Denver Nuggets who were the, uh, I believe, number four or five pick. When they came, when it when it when it was their chance to pick, uh, they picked Lafonso Ellis. Mm. Uh, when that happened, I did get a little nervous because I felt like the, when I was with the Nuggets, that was the best workout I had out of uh, all the teams that saw me. And uh, so it's a know, little, it was a little shot. more anxiety back then because because now it seems a little more cut and dry yep. where the players yeah. kind of know they you know within one or two picks where they're gonna go and with you know. But that, Darren, the thing that kills yeah, me is now, mystery, the, now the bullets are on the clock. Uh-huh. Nuggets yeah, take yeah, Lafonso so Ellis. No yeah, I didn't think yeah, the bullets yeah. would draft me. I, I, I didn't think they would. Um, um, you was, you was sweating in your Gordon God Trail, trail wasn't you? You, hey, you, you? Your Gordon God Trail was sweating in the Monday. Gordon God Trail. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they went with Tom, by the way, Bullets drafted they Tom Gugliotta. They went and got Goods, And you went man. the next pick to Sacktown. I mean, why Why did you think the Bullets wouldn't draft you? Um, I, When I came, when I uh, visited with them, uh, I didn't work out with the Bullets. I uh, just talked with Wes, and I just got the sense that um, 
you know, I I, I kind of would uh, be right before I was getting drafted. I kind of hang out, would hang out a little bit at the clubs a little bit, and I I didn't think that he knew about those things, and um, I didn't. I thought that that was a strike against me. He didn't feel that I could play here at home and, uh, you know, zone in on basketball. Mm. And so uh, I felt that when I, when I talked to him. So, um, you know, I, I just didn't feel that, that the Bullets would pick me. So that was so that was my own doing. That was my naivety there, and uh, you know I didn't understand the the severity of what was going on. Um, it, you know where where guys are from, that wasn't as publicized as much. So I didn't realize that even even when I was playing in college, I didn't realize I was just out there playing. Yeah. I wasn't playing to go to the NBA. Um, I, I'd watch the game, but I didn't know where guys came from. And I did not know that it could be a reality for me to be an NBA player until I saw uh, Lynn Bias um, um, get drafted. Mm. So uh, I really didn't know, you know, that even a guy could come from this area and go to the NBA. I just thought that they came from somewhere else, you know. And so... Mm, that's um, you know, just out there, just playing the game, man. Yeah. The only thing I was trying to do is show everybody who was in the gym that I was better than this guy who was going against me. You know, it wasn't like I was trying to get to some other level. I was just trying to be the best that I can be yeah. in them, in those moments and and uh, um, in those in practices and things of that nature. And then, you know, of course, you read the Street Smiths and those type of things, and then you see, um, I think it was about maybe like my sophomore year in, in college where I started to realize, like, oh, my goodness, uh, they saying that I could be a pro, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah. you know I had no idea, man. And then uh, you know that's when I started to see that it, this could be serious. But you know it was pretty much a fantasy until then. So, hey, Wiz, let me let me ask you a question, man. It this heavy right here, this heavy. So uh, right. you remember Heavy D? So uh, with they, with they talking all these super teams, right? With Golden State. Uh, and and other teams in the league trying to form these super teams to maybe knock them down. What do you think the Wizards could do to, uh, you know, to to first get out of the East again uh, over Cleveland and maybe challenge the um, challenge the Golden State Warriors? Is it is Paul George the answer, man? What, Nothing. What what you think? <laughs> I think that if you get someone like Paul George, that would definitely increase your chances. Um, you're talking about that would be a serious upgrade on the wing. Yeah, that's a one, two, three for you right there. Yeah, absolutely yeah. it is. And, uh, you know, just on both ends of the court. But then you have a guy who can crunch time that has shown that he's a consistent guy that can uh, put that ball in a hole. You, right. you have Bradley Beal, that's a guy. He's not proven as much yet, but he's shown flashes of guy of a guy who can uh, take over games as well. And, you know, John Wall is just coming along. He's just made big strides uh, with his poise, knowing when to bring that – bring that quickness to the game and when to slow it down. So those different elements right there will elevate this team. And I think that uh, uh, Paul, Paul Paul George, uh, his leadership, being a veteran, I think that he'll be – his defense will yeah. uh, be infectious yeah. uh, throughout the team because of his leadership. Um, and, uh, you know, talking about with a young guy like Oubre, he would be – that would be something that's great for him to to uh, work against every day in practice. I think that he got a tremendous upside and he can be something later on. And, and uh, 
you know, I, I just think the team has a good mix of inside out and uh, being able to defend down there and rebound, uh, especially when it when it comes playoff time. Um, the biggest thing is that the team has to be able to um, the four and fives. They got to be able to uh, be able to guard pick and roll. Well, I yeah, think, um, that's what killed them against the Celtics. That's what killed them in the playoffs. Uh, Atlanta wasn't able to take a, a, um, advantage of it as a team, but you saw Schroeder as a point guard mm-hmm. really exploit that pick and roll action. And uh, mm-hmm. Boston was just a good enough team to be able to um, consistently uh, uh, do it for four games. So but that's why um, I think Wiz. I, I agree, man. That's why I think that that uh, Serge Ibaka is going to be a, a, a very sought after free agent because he has the he has the ability to uh, knock down the open shot, uh, rebound with the best of them, and he can he can defend that pick and roll that pick and roll switch. You know, all you need is for two or three dribbles. But does you know? that but does that get you to Cleveland? Does that does that get you to beat? Cleveland? I think I think a Paul George and a and a Serge Ibaka. Gets you right there. Really? That's what okay. I think. But the, the funny thing about all this is that we're talking about different free agents going to different teams. The whole landscape has changed now, man. Like before, you would go just to get your bread. Now, people, now you got some of these great free agents that are trying to go on another team that's that's stacked to that. That's what it's come to. Like now, okay, now how are we going to be Golden State? You know what I mean? Like, how are we going to be Cleveland? Now yeah, you but got it, so two you, or three teams. I mean, that's what it's come down but to. But you have to understand that anybody that gets Paul George is is basically just on loan because he he's he's stated that he's going to to L. A. in 2018. Well, Cleveland, Cleveland so, seems to, Cleveland seems to think that if they can get him, that he's going to stay. LeBron's going to be able to talk him into staying. That was the word that he'd be able to stay. You, when you when you out there and you winning, man. There's nothing like that. So he get a taste of a championship, something like that. You know, things change, man. Things change tremendously. Yeah, you're right. As David Um, West. He ain't left all that money on the dance floor. He got a chip, though. Kelly Oubre will still be here. What's interesting to me is that all of these guys, when they become free agents, (laughs) though, they all gravitate to the West. Nobody wants to do anything on the east side to try to challenge LeBron getting to the championship. They all I believe they all assume that they can't get past him there. We'll meet him in the championship. Uh, so that's it. That's what's interesting to me, how when all of these guys become free agents, none of them want to come to the east side. Yeah, that's what that's what they said about KD, man. They said that's why KD didn't want to come to the east. He didn't want to deal with LeBron until the finals. And you But know, that, Wiz, you, you, you touched on loyalty and family. You know, that's, that's such a... Uh, old school throwback, you know, way to look at it. And, you know, it's an admirable trait, man. But these guys now, it, it's... It ain't about uh, that. It's not about it's not that about at all. That, you know what I mean? And, and well, college was different then. You know, back in our day, college was... Uh, you, you stayed there three or four years, so you developed relationships with people. And uh, right. as a team, you grew as a team. Oh, and everybody now, transferring you know, now. And done, so it's just like NBA. It's all, it's all a business now, even college is. Right. Now, so it's about uh, it's about that now more so than anything. So you don't really establish those relationships. It's a whole different environment, um, and so uh, it, it's a, it's a lot different there. So let you me, know, the values have changed. Let me let me ask you this, Wiz. We talking about kids that are, um, you know, they they coming in and then they leaving or what have you. What do you think about Melo, man? What do you think about the you know him coming out? You know, there was there was some. Some talk about him, he should have stayed, he should have left, yeah. that type of thing. What do you think about him leaving, man? Do you think it was the right decision? Do you think he should have stayed? Like, what's your what's your thought on that? 
All right, so it's two sides to that coin right there. So one is that, you know, um, you're coming back for your senior year, um, you can submit your legacy as, as, as a Maryland player. Uh, not really submit it, but, you know, try to uh, move up the rankings mm-hmm. and, and just be as get as high as you can as far as a college, as college uh, is concerned. Right. You come back, you give yourself another chance at um, possibly being player of the year or just having a fantastic year and rolling into the draft. But at the same time, I, I take a step back and I look at um, him as a freshman and him as a sophomore. Um, you know, him ha- with the ball in his hand a lot. Uh, he was hurting his sophomore year, uh, so it, it hurt his jump shot a lot. But um, he, he had some flashes towards the end of the season of uh, regaining what he, what he had uh, in his freshman year, but he had the ball in his hand. Right. So now you look at him in his junior year off the ball. Um, I don't know. I don't know how well he looked as compared to when he has the ball in his hand. So if he if his goal is getting to the next level, you're taking a chance on coming back another year being off the ball right. and possibly putting yourself in his mind maybe uh, in a worse position. Um, if he's feeling like he play, he plays better with the ball in his hand and he wants to, his total goal is to get to the next level, then um, under those circumstances, I, I believe it was the right decision to leave because uh, Anthony Cowan's going to have the ball in his hand. Right. Uh, he's going to have to play off the ball. And so, uh, you know, he's going to have to be able to uh, – um, uh, be, be conditioned to that and understand that uh, that's what it is and, and, and perform under those circumstances. Right. So if he didn't think he could do that, then, you know, it was the right decision to go ahead and uh, uh, take it to the next level. Okay. All right. And a lot of people just, you know, I was, I don't know, I, wanted, I guess a lot of people think he didn't have, I guess he had reached his ceiling in regards to what he could do in college. Obviously, he's one of the best players at the University of Maryland. I mean, his numbers and, you know, what he did. Um, you know, the, trans, the transfer from the ACC to the Big Ten and being able to establish himself at the Big Ten level and, you know, just carrying that team, you know, what he's done for Mark, Coach Turgeon and, left too early, and everything. He le- he left I think too he left early, too man. early, too. What's but wrong with being it's, it's, a great college player? What's there's wrong nothing with wrong with being a great college player, but, you know, nowadays when you stay four years, man, something wrong with you. You damaged good. Yeah, <laughs> something wrong with you. You, know, you. If you ain't one and done, yeah, you see, something I, wrong with hey, you. Except for, you know, I, you know, I don't know about that, man. You know, uh, uh Buddy Hill, you know, um, you know, I think Frank Mason did a did a, a uh, great service yeah. for himself. Malcolm Brogdon, and yeah, so Brogdon, absolutely, man. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, man, um, it's I think it's about what he felt inside having the ball in his hand as opposed to off the ball. And just like you said, man, hey, time will tell if he's a pro, yeah. if he's not. It isn't such thing as great college players, you know, and so but we'll be able to tell if if that's Melo or or if he is a guy who can uh, whose skills travels uh, to the next level. So time will tell. All right. Well, I hope he does, man. He's a good player. He's a good kid. Absolutely. He did a lot for the school, man. So we'll good see. kid, man. He's a good kid, and so you you hope for the best for him. Yeah. Can we get uh, you to come back on the hot box after the draft and talk about? Uh, uh, the landing spots and coaching matchups that some of these uh, new guys are getting uh, after the draft? Absolutely. be my pleasure. Yeah, we got to get the Wizard back on, man. Yeah, we yeah. got to get him to answer the phone, man. Get him to answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we want to, we just want to say thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us this evening. And uh, Wizard, we appreciate you, yeah. boy. Hey man, thanks for having me, man. So anytime, anytime, man, just let me know. We gotta get him to the basement. Yeah, we gotta get him. Right, out. We gotta, gotta get, get him. We gotta studio. get over here to, in studio. We'll get him in the studio for a Tuesday we'll night. Next time Hang out. Yeah, man. man, make that guess. Hey, and we'll talk Redskins. We'll talk Redskins for sure. <laughs> you already yeah, know. Yeah, next one we got the Redskins. I can give you a wealth of info about. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I got the insight on the skins. Trust me. <laughs> All right, Wizard. Appreciate you, man. All right, bro. Talk All right, thank you, you for right. Kevin and Darren McClinton. Appreciate you, fellas. Appreciate you, fellas. Ken, I appreciate it, man. And this was was it was a good night. The hot box. The hot box. The hot box.